Super Talk Mississippi media production. Kickstart your adventure now with a new Gud Golf Cart from Country Carts of Brookhaven. Gud Golf Carts are assembled right here in Mississippi with the best features around. And best of all, they're street legal. Country Carts of Brookhaven, 401 Highway 51 South, phone 601-748-0454. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Well, back to Coast View. I really enjoyed that conversation with Chris Goodwin. And uh, and man, you know, in a lot of ways, that, that statement that I shared about this intersection in Mississippi is really what Coast View is all about. The intersection between history and architecture, commerce, culture, and the arts. And you know what I should also add to that? I should add sports. Because sports sort of embodies so just about every aspect of that. It's really, really important. But, uh, you know, with that in mind, let's turn to our friend Jeff Duncan. Uh, he's a columnist for The Athletic. He's covered the Saints longer than anyone else on earth. He wrote the definitive book on uh drew Brees and sean payton and what what our visitor good what by the way good morning jeff how are you doing this morning i'm doing great ricky thanks uh for having me on again i look forward to uh visiting with you as always and we're getting this great beautiful weather right now on the gulf coast it doesn't get any better well it's so important so i love that aspect of this time of year hey but what i was about to say is that i wish our viewers and listeners could listen to the conversations we have. I've mentioned this before, but when one guest is about to go away and another guest comes on, the way that Skype works, you often, Jeff, get an opportunity to visit with the guests I just got finished talking with. And in this particular case, I'm I'm going through this like elaborate introduction of who you are and, and he's like sitting there, you know, very calm and patient. This is Chris Goodwin from Mississippi Archives and History. And then when I get done, he says, I have his book. I have a signed copy of his book. Um, how often? Do, I mean, I wouldn't have expected Chris, who grew up north of Water Valley, Mississippi, to to mention that. But it was pretty cool to hear him, you know, brag about your book, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, look, I, I think when you told me he's a got a journalism background, so it, it makes a little bit of sense. And grew up in a, a sports family, and obviously, anybody in the Gulf Coast is probably a Saints fan. So I guess there was a possibility for that. But obviously, it's uh, gratifying to know that people are out there reading it because sometimes we get in our own little world. You never know, right? We're all in this, uh, you know, little home office in, in this pandemic and uh, out of touch with the outside world. So it's nice to know that uh, people are out there buying it and enjoying it. How, how's the book doing? Anything new on the book? No, it's doing fantastic. The the, the newest uh, news, if you will, is we're going to come out with a paperback edition in October. So I'm working on the epilogue right now. Uh, which works out well because, of course, the news about Drew Brees' retirement and and the Saints uh, moving into a new era post-Drew Brees. So I'm going to be writing a lot about uh, the final season that Drew had, his retirement, uh, moving on to the broadcast booth, and then what the Saints are going to do offensively without him. That'll come out, the uh, paperback version, in October. So we're excited about that. I think that'll uh, give a chance for a new spike in sales and for people maybe they couldn't afford the paperback, uh, the hardcover, uh, now can probably get one in paperback. Well, that's great. Great news. And congratulations on the continued success of the book. Hey, I saw your tweet and I had missed this, but I saw your tweet from Lom- the Lombardi, uh, GM shuffle podcast that, that talked about Sam Darnold 
and that the Saints might have been in, in, in play for him. And that kind of blows up some of the thinking here about the current situation, but it also points out never, ever conclude anything when it comes to the Saints in this time of year. Yeah, and it doesn't surprise me that they would have been uh, interested in Sam Darnold. I mean, it's the same reason they were interested in Jameis Winston. Uh, Sean Payton is a disciple of Bill Parcells, as we all know. One of the maxims that Bill Parcells and Bill Belichick, for that matter, they live by is, hey, let's get, if, if this guy was drafted very high, there's probably a reason for that. He had talent. You don't get drafted in the top five of the draft like Sam Darnold or Jameis Winston and not have ability. Maybe they were in a bad situation. It makes sense to get him in our building with our culture and our coaching staff, and maybe we can tap into that talent. It's it's something that Bill Belichick believed in and, and had success in in New England. And I think the Saints have had that uh, also, that same philosophy. We saw them a few years ago. Uh, Ricky bringing Nick Fairley from the Detroit Lions, a defensive tackle who had a really bad career in Detroit, was labeled a bust, and he came into New Orleans and had a couple of uh, very successful seasons. That makes sense to me, especially the asking price that the Jets had uh, for Sam Darnold. It was very low. The Panthers got him for, I think, very, uh, I think the highest pick they had to give up was a second round draft pick. So it makes sense the Saints to look into that. But I don't think it's an indictment at all on their confidence on the current quarterbacks. I think it's just them. Hey, let's get another talent in here. Quarterback's the most important position in the game, and we'll see how it plays out. And I think that same philosophy will be true in this draft. If there's one there they like, they'll add them to that quarterback room and see how it shakes out. That's, that's well That's well said. Can't help but think about old Teddy Bridgewater. I wonder what this means for him. Just more competition. Well, I think they'll try to move him. I mean, they've already said that they're going to give him the opportunity to uh, seek a trade. Uh, the rumor on the street speculation is that Denver would be a landing spot for him. Uh, and I think if, if that were to work out, he would go there and compete with Drew Locke. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what kind of market he has on, on the market. Uh, you know, the, I think Carolina making this deal for Sam Darnold uh, kind of is admitting they made a mistake giving Teddy Bridgewater the money they gave him because they're going to end up, if they trade him, Ricky, they end up eating $22 million. Uh, so uh, clearly they want to be aggressive this offseason, Carolina, and they feel like maybe the New York Jets were dysfunctional, which a lot of people would, would probably say that's true. And Joe Brady, the offense coordinator, and Matt Rule feel like there's something there to tap into. And they knew with what happened last week with San Francisco trading up the number three pick, the quarterback market's going to be pretty dried up by the time they were on the board at number eight. So it makes sense for them to make this move. Let's shift gears. You and I have talked about Arch Manning, um, his incredible young career. <laughs> He's the son of Cooper Manning. And you and I, have, um, you know, you said you're working on a story about that. You can sort of update us on that. But it brought light to Cooper Manning. And he's kind of a popular figure these days, isn't he? Yeah, I did a story this week at the Athletic on Cooper. Of course, Cooper, the former Ole Miss receiver, his career was cut short because of a, a spinal condition, couldn't play football anymore. Uh, the oldest son of Archie Manning and probably the best athlete of the three sons of Olivia and Archie. I mean, he was a receiver, not a quarterback. And his son, uh, Arch, is going to be the, the highest uh, ranked quarterback recruit in the class of 2023. He's 
uh, approaching his junior year. So next season will be his junior season at Newman. He's going to break every record uh, that uh, Eli and Peyton had at Newman High School. I mean, he's on a trajectory to be a very high NFL draft pick and a highly recruited prospect. So Ole Miss, of course, is going to be in that mix. Alabama, LSU, everybody in the country is going to be recruiting Arch. But Cooper has become quite the media personality. He's had this spot uh, for the last couple of years on Fox NFL game days. Uh, It's pretty funny. It's classic Cooper Manning. It's called the Manning Hour minus 58 minutes because it's a two-minute spot. (laughs) And uh, he does just uh, humorous takes on things. If you know Cooper... He is hysterical. He's he and Peyton Manning have among the best comedic timing of any people I've ever met. And now he's starting his own podcast called Soup with Coop, where he visits with sports personalities, celebrities over a bowl of soup that they get to pick. And I'm sure it's going to be very popular and also very very funny. Yeah, I read I read uh, some reviews this morning that said that even for Cooper, it's over the top. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I tell you, the other thing they've got in the works, and they haven't announced it yet, but I think it's going to be absolutely a huge hit, a huge home run. He and Peyton are going to team together. If you remember, Ricky, there was an old show called the Old Quiz Bowl, where colleges would have like trivia and debate teams, and they would compete over a you know a, a quiz bowl competition. I think it was like maybe in the '60s or '70s. Uh, they're reviving that with Peyton Manning going to be the host of the show. And Cooper is going to be basically his Ed McMahon-like sidekick. And I guarantee you that's going to be really, really funny and very successful. I can't wait till that comes out. I don't know when it's going to come out, but I know Cooper is also going to be involved in that. So in addition to his business uh, work that he's doing right now, he's in, in, in the hotel kind of development industry. Uh, he's also got a, a growing, burgeoning media career. That's, that's so interesting. And by the way, once again, here we are talking about Hancock County. I mean, you and I talked about Hancock County. You love it, and you you ultimately plan to live there. At least you hope to live there at some point. And he just, uh, Cooper just built a house there in Hancock County. Yeah, right there in Bay St. Louis, right there on the water. And it's in, largely because he and his wife, Ellen, uh, love the area, and they know their boys are getting old enough to really enjoy that area with all the water sports and outdoor activity. Uh, so they're excited about it. And uh, it's one of many in the new Orleans pipeline that's uh, making their way over there. It's becoming very, very popular and you can't beat it. I mean, Hancock, Harrison County, I I think it's, uh, it's one of the best kept secrets in the country and hopefully it stays that way because it's uh, you and I both (laughs) both love it. And we're we're coming to the end of the segment, but he has a famous uh, neighbor two doors down. Yeah. James Carville is right down the road. James Carville and Mary Madeline have Pete Fountain's old home. A lot of history down there too. A lot of, history in that in that area and uh, it's such a beautiful area and it's really blowing up i mean downtown bay st louis is just taking off what what a what a special place i talk about it all the time one of many special places here in coastal mississippi where there's this unique very unique sense of place uh when we come back we'll continue the conversation with jeff duncan we'll see you after this Also, listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say, Alexa, open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. 
This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. We have Jeff uh, Duncan with us here on our kind of modified Saints Friday and the opportunity to kind of chat with him about what's in the news these days, especially on the sports front. So let's shift gears, Jeff. One of the most important things is about to happen is the draft. So what's your current thinking of the Saints? Certainly cornerbacks, you still keep reading about that everywhere you go, but what's your your latest thinking? Well, here's what I would say, Ricky. Um, First of all, the Saints went into this offseason thinking they were going to have four draft picks, right? I mean, it seemed like a kind of an inconsequential draft. And now they're looking at like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight picks. So this this draft could be, uh, I think, critical for the Saints long-term. Uh, you know, this is a year we know they've had to do a lot of roster cutting, uh, kind of a transition, I think, year. They've got a hit on these draft picks because they're getting, you know, we, we know they've already paid Mike Thomas. They paid Alvin Kamara. They're going to have to pay Ryan Ramchick, Marshawn Lattimore. They gave... Uh, Marcus Williams, the franchise tag. There's a lot of players they're going to have to pay big, uh, lucrative contracts to. So they're need they're going to need some of these young rookie type players to produce during this period of the next three or four years for them to remain competitive. So it's a big draft for them. Their, their first pick isn't until the 28th spot in the first round. Uh, what kind of impact can you get there? I don't know. It's, it's so much can happen before you. We know the Saints historically been aggressive and will trade up. Uh, I could see them doing that again if there's a player they like. But one thing I would say about this draft, and I was just uh, telling my colleague Larry Holder this on our podcast, the Duncan Holder podcast, I think more than position, they need to think about a trait, and that is explosiveness on offense. Uh, This team the last few years has not been very explosive on offense. You and I have talked about it. Uh, they just lack that kind of quick strike strike ability they used to have back in the day. They need to find that kind of trait, whether it's in a receiver, a running back, a tight end, a gadget player, a hybrid player. Some of those type of traits you see on the Kansas City Chiefs where Tyreek Hill, now I know there's only a, one or two Tyreek Hills in the league, but they need that element in the offense because as good as Mike Thomas is, uh, he's not an explosive player. And I could see them finding that at number 28. And it might be a player that, as uh, your draft nicks out there, are seeing guys ranked down in the 40s and 50s. Uh, they may not be ranked that low on the Saints board because that's a trait they really value. So it might move up the grade. And I could see them at number 28 taking a receiver or a running back that has explosive quick strike ability and adding that element to the offense. You mentioned Marshawn Lattimore. When I saw that he had legal issues, I immediately just gasped. Oh my gosh, we don't need any issues with him. What's the latest buzz on his situation? Well, I mean, obviously the Saints have been investigating it. We haven't heard really any updates on it. Um, it's it's something that I think you can expect one way or the other uh, for him to be facing some type of discipline from the league's uh, personal. It's a violation of the personal conduct. A policy, so he could be staring at maybe a one or two game suspension. I think minimum. Uh, I would be surprised if it was much longer than that. But uh, it, it, he's facing potentially a felony charge uh, for having a weapon that was stolen property, uh, and it's uh, you know obviously not a situation you want to see anybody get in, much less your best cornerback on the team. And it's bad timing for him trying to uh, 
uh, you know, negotiate a long-term deal with the Saints. Uh, it's a critical position. We know they moved on from Janoris Jenkins in the offseason. I think cornerback is also a spot they could address very high in this draft. I'll be surprised if they don't. So there's a lot of things in play there and a lot we don't know about the situation. But the Saints have a, just like every NFL team, they have their own security director and security staff. And I'm sure they're heavily involved in kind of finding out exactly what happened. Well, I hope I hope it's just wrong place at the wrong time and that we get more clarity that says it's you know, a problem, but not as big a problem as it could possibly be. Let's hope that because we need him on the team. And he's been a solid you know, player. And just another reminder, you got these guys in their early 20s and they're, you know, they're still young and they can do some stupid things at times. Hopefully this stupid thing doesn't get in the way of his ability to contribute to the team. Um, before in a short time we have left, let's, uh, let's, let's, what's, what's your latest thinking on the Pelicans? Well, I mean, this latest spate of injuries has really derailed their progress. I mean, Ricky, before two weeks ago, they were the healthiest team in the entire NBA. They'd had the fewest games missed because of injury of any team in the league. So I guess they were due to have some injury bad luck. But it hit all at one time. All of a sudden, they didn't have Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart. Looks like he's going to be out extended period of time, uh, and it's really hurt. This team does not have great depth. One of the issues they had coming into the season, and losing guys like Brandon Ingram really hurts them. They're in a very difficult stretch now. They had to play the Brooklyn Nets, who probably are going to be the favorite to win the NBA championship. Now they are loaded uh, with the acquisitions they've had, James Harden and. Uh, you know, Marcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin. Um, so, and then now they've got Friday night, they've got in the Smoothie King Center, the Philadelphia 76ers, who are another powerhouse. Uh, so I think right now you just have to start looking at how the, how can they progress? Can they get development out of their young players on the roster and start thinking about long-term uh, plans in 2022? Because even if they sneak into the playoffs as the 10th seed, they're probably staring at a quick elimination. I'm not sure what that's going to accomplish uh, right now because they've just had they've gotten behind the eight ball on their record. Yeah, you didn't take the the Brooklyn Nets very long to pull it all together, did it? No, I mean the Nets are. I think there's a little bit of an issue for the league in this new trend of players getting buyouts and then just basically chasing a ring and joining either the Lakers or the Nets. I mean, it's kind of these. These powerhouse teams now are just loading up. I mean, you, you potentially could have on the Brooklyn Nets five Hall of Fame players if you if you consider Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Blake Griffin, and Lamar, Lamarcus Aldridge. I mean, that's unprecedented. Uh, they are loaded. So I don't know if uh, uh, anybody's going to beat them in the East this year. Uh, and I think it it creates an imbalance in the league. You know, we talk about the parity in the NFL. Right. NBA's kind of would be wise to embrace that. Jeff Duncan of The Athletic, thanks for joining me here on Koshi. It's always a pleasure to visit with you, and I hope everybody has a great weekend. Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.